Welcome to Talking Not Ranting. My name is Alistair Field. And I'm Greg Smith. You've dropped in on our current topic series, The Struggle to Be a Good Manager. And today our episode is entitled The Heat. Sounds like a, a, a 70s or 80s uh, movie, TV program. The Heat. The Heat. Isn't The Heat a movie? I think it is, actually. A bank yeah. robbery movie? Yeah, I yeah, think so. It's one of my favorite movies. It, it, it was a good movie, I remember, yeah. That and The Martian. We've already talked. The Martian is, is actually your very favorite movie. Uh, Shawshank is my most favorite movie. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. But The Martian is a very close second, and I've probably watched it 17 times. It's uh, it's an awesome movie. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but I did just see James Bond, and Greg and I were talking about this before we turned the mics on. And uh, a member of my family had given it a very negative review. And we went, and it was nice to go to, um, in this area, I don't know if everybody has it, but VIP. So you, ha you get to choose your tickets, and they serve you at uh, your seat. And uh, there's no 13-year-olds kicking your, your chairs or anything like that. And it was a great movie. It was like I've watched all the Bonds, and I think it was almost three hours long, if not just over three hours. Excellent movie, folks. Well, you know, it's great, too, because, uh, and again, on Ontario Canada here, we are just opening up so that you can go back to the movie theaters. In uh, I think there's not going to be any limits uh, coming soon. Uh, you know, you still wear your mask, but but everything else. And we have passports, so they check passports at the door and all that kind of stuff. But it's kind of freeing. We went out this weekend and just uh, it just felt things were kind of returning to a bit of what we recall as being normal. Um, again, still masks on, but besides that, everybody just connecting more, a little bit of freedom. It, it felt so good. I think we're, you're, you know, it's, it's almost hope is rising. Yeah, for sure. I'd, I'd say that uh, the VIP um, theater that we were in for the sitting we were in was probably two thirds to three quarters full. So it was oh, good. Wow. Yeah, wow. it was good. Yeah. Yeah. It was good. a great movie. Great music. It was awesome. Well, I'm look. I'm looking forward to taking my uh, my dad and a couple other folks are gonna, we're going to go. Um, so uh, he's 89, and uh, and uh, we did golfing, indoor golfing last week or a couple weeks ago with those machines. I was in New Zealand. Uh, I don't play any better on machines than I do on the on the actual course. It's actually maybe even a little worse, but uh, um, and they give you lots of forgiveness. But it was fun. I've never done the inside one, right? The the and I would I would go again. It was uh, you know you play all these great courses and but you know we're we're just finding great ways to spend time together. You know when you're he's eighty nine and uh, he you know it's just it's just great to prioritize the relationship. So. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, it's it's interesting uh, as the restrictions uh, are lessened and as the percentage of people that are double vaxxed increases. And it is always about that number, right? That's that's what keeps us safer and that's what minimizes all the impact on society is the more people that are double vaxxed, the better. But yeah, I, I see a few things in my life that are, are kind of coming back more to normal than they were before. And it, it, it's kind of nice because it's been a long year and a half. Mm -hmm, that's for sure. So uh, let's set the stage here. Greg and I have been friends for a long time. We've both been managers for a long time. We've both benefited from other people assisting us in our management development. 
In every episode, we're going to discuss a situation where we and others have missed the mark. We'll start at the perspective of the employee and move on from there. We're going to discuss how we have observed others successfully manage these situations that we've learned from, uh, kind of a mentorship type of thing. And we're always going to have an underlying theme of a good discussion. I think we're going to have a really good discussion on this topic, Rick. Yeah, yeah, I agree 100%. So the heat. You are faced with a difficult situation and you experience some or all of the following. Your boss and perhaps your teammates have just lost it on something. The issue is probably bigger than you thought. You don't understand the total context. There are obviously a lot of other discussions going on. You are left with the question, what is this all about? So Greg, how does this affect our relationships and the work environment? Yeah, well, by heat, we're talking about blow up. We're talking about um, anger. Anger. You know, and um, man, it's a complex time, boy. And people are reacting to different things. People are on their edge. Although we did just talk about some great things that are happening, the people are starting to feel a little bit more um, positive. You know, there's some research recently that said that September, August and September were the most challenging months since this COVID started. Uh, because there's still a lot of unknowns. There's complexity around what do I believe? Um, am I following rules? Am I being forced to follow rules? There's so much tension in the place. But in the end, we know that anger, um, blow-ups always create um, damage. Um, and they can be residual damage, you know, that, that it continues on and on with regards to it. And... Um, key is and we'll talk about some of these how do you predict it how do you how do you mitigate it because when it happens boy trust can be blown up it's just like and and relationships are blown up and uh, sensitivities are enhanced all those things happen and and it and it distracts it it um, discourages it um, destroys um, productivity and engagement so uh, uh and, and it happens to all of us, you know, we all, the heat rises in all of us. It's, it's, it's what we choose to do as it's rising um, and how we get others to support us in that is key, so. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, we talked about this episode and uh, kind of went into development and I looked back and I went, oh man, I mean, I spent 22 years in a police service and people yelled at you a lot. And then I had to differentiate in my own mind that, yes, people yelled at you, especially during like basic training and when you went to in-service training and, and just certain situations, you know, you're in a tactical situation out there and people are yelling and stuff. And I went, yeah, but people weren't angry. That was just, we had to communicate. It had to be very efficient. Uh, it was a paramilitary organization. You know, people had to do certain things. And uh, then I realized that most of the people that yelled at me in the police weren't angry at me. It was just... You know, we were in a training situation or we we're in a situation that was unfolding, it was dynamic, and people just yelled to make sure that people understood what was going on and, and that we had clear lines of communication. There were a few occasions where people were angry. And and later on, when I moved to other agencies and stuff, uh, there were a few situations where people were angry. Some of those people handled it very well and other people, not so much. 
So uh, when I was getting ready for this, I had to kind of parse out a few things and, and kind of look through my experience and and um, just realize that some things that might appear to be anger weren't anger. But there were some incidents where, where people were angry and, and maybe sometimes legitimately so. But it's how you handle that and how you handle the people involved. So this is a, a good subject for me. And I've been angry a few times, Greg. So this is a really good subject to talk about. And, uh, you know, when that heat rises, as you call it, uh, there's nothing further from the truth, right? That's exactly what happens. And so what do we do with that? What do we do when it's happened, both as the manager and as the employee? I think this is going to be a really good conversation, Greg. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, one of the uh, instruments that I use, assessments, and I do a number of them with with coaching clients and with organizations. But there's one called a Hogan, and it has this. It's three parts in the in the assessment, and one of them is actually this HDS, which is almost the dark side. And what they are is their strengths that people have, but they become watchouts when people are tired, um, uh, anxious, stressed, or bored. And some of this anger stuff bubbles up often. Um, they might be even strength. So if I'm forthright, if I'm a, a driver and direct, that's a beautiful strength. But then layer on uh, uh, anxiety, layer on stress, laying on, on lack of sleep, uh, that gift per se can become a real troublemaker. Um, in cultures, in relationships, and in organizations. So it's interesting because some of these things aren't the, in the, the innate energy that is behind this might not be bad. It's just how it comes out and how you're feeling when it comes out that often can change it from something that might be productive and helpful to something that is disruptive and destructive. Yeah, I agree. That's cool. So... What are some common sense things as a manager to help deal with this situation? And as I look down this list that we prepared, Greg, I'm probably going to add a couple more. And I'm sure you quite often add things as well uh, now that it's kind of playing out. But the first one is obvious, but I think it's so important is you need to calm down. You absolutely need to calm down. Yeah. And this is a hard one. It's so hard and it takes practice. I would say that uh, a large part of the initial work I do with any coaching client and many leadership groups is actually teaching them to understand their own energy and learn to meditate. And I don't mean necessarily lighting incense and crossing your legs in the middle of your office. Um, meditation, being mindfulness and meditation is is. It's just, it, it all comes down to understanding how I'm reacting and where I react in my body, these situations. And if you learn those early trigger signs, those activation points, um, that informs you. Now, informing is the first thing. Choosing to do something different is the second thing. And calm down. First, you got to know it. And then you got to choose to do something about it. And that may mean a whole bunch of things. It might be breathing. It might be walking away. It might be all kinds of things. But, but recognizing it is the first step of mitigating these um, negatively impactful situations when the heat rises and the, and the um, stew bubbles over, going back to our last week's podcast. But you said the magic word there, choose. And uh, I'm going to call crap. Because a lot of people 
you know, they get angry and they go, well, I just got angry. No, no. You know what? You know that you're getting angry. And, you know, through training, through talking to other people, you have to learn to control that. and You have to calm down. There is a choice involved here. And uh, I call crap because sometimes people say, listen, I'm sorry. It just got away from me. It's not my fault. Like you're the manager. You need to calm down and you need, if you know you're going to get angry, then let's take the steps. Talk to whoever you need to talk to. Get some techniques. You know, you just can't go off all the time and, and just say sorry because it's an insult. Eventually people don't, aren't going to want to work with you. They're certainly not going to listen to what you have to say. So I think every once in a while you and I have to call crap on something and, and you know, if you know the first time and you know the second time, then you know every time that you're getting angry and that you're behaving in a way that you shouldn't. And there's nothing wrong with being concerned and being, you know, angry at something because quite often there's probably a good cause, but it's, it's how you perform after that. Like, what are you going to do afterwards? So I'm just going to call crap up front uh, because I think there's people that say, listen, I just get angry. Well, that's not my fault. It's not my fault. You need to, you need to work on that. And we need to work on a relationship to make sure that we can communicate, especially when things are going wrong, that we can do something about that situation. Yeah, I agree. And you know, what's anger leaks like everything else, right? So I might think I manage it well, but often we don't. And, and it is, it is a proactive thing you need to do. And I'm with you hundred percent. I'm uh, take ownership, take ownership and, and, uh, um, you are your own, uh, heat control board, right? You can, you can actually develop the techniques. It's not necessarily going to be easy. Some of us, yes, are more emotional than others. Uh, but, but that you can shift it. You can shift it for sure. That's cool. Um, and one of the things I think is really important in, in controlling this anger and realizing that you're getting angry is not everyone knows as much about the context as you do. And, and so if you're getting angry and, and part of the anger is that people don't seem to understand what's going on, it's probably because they don't understand what's going on. And, and, you know, you kind of intimated at it. Once you get angry, you know, anger fuels itself, right? It, it just gets more and more. So one of the things I find helpful to me when I'm really not happy with how things are playing out is I go, okay, listen, Greg doesn't understand what this is all about. He doesn't understand what the cost benefits are of this happening on time or whatever. Uh, so I need to communicate that better so that people will do, will participate the way that they need to participate. And so that's something I have to remind myself sometimes. Uh, I mean, I don't manage anybody anymore, but uh, you know, for years and years I did. And that's one of the things that helped me was, okay, people don't understand how important this is or what the bigger um, scene is. So I need to communicate that. And now, I, now I've just figured out I got to communicate it earlier. Yeah. And, you know, with communication, Ollie, I was on a, uh, a call this morning and we were talking about this, is, and I've said this before, is declaring how you're feeling. So there are some days that I wake up and I'm, I, I, my word is crunchy. Um, there's other words that people can use. I'm trying to think this woman I was talking to this morning, she's, she's amazing. She didn't use crunchy, but there's another word, which is, you know, but it meant the same thing. And if you say, you know what, folks, um, I don't know, I'm a little bit off today. So I'm just going to give you kind of a heads up. I might be a little short, a little grumpy. I'm just trying to be, help me, hold me accountable, but help me, uh, know that context in itself helps set it up. Because then there's a bit of a freedom because when you bury anger down and you try to cover it up, it always leaks out. So uh, um, 
um, let folks know where you're at. And the next one, if you have a blowout and you get really angry, you make everybody nervous around you. So it isn't even productive because now nobody's talking up. Nobody's bringing up things that need to be brought up. Everybody's nervous and, and they're checking out because they go, oh, Alistair has totally lost it. So we were hoping to have a good discussion about this issue. And it's obvious that's not going to happen now. And and that's one thing, you know, hopefully in thinking through when uh, you're getting heated is, okay, if I blow out, the meeting that we're having the 30 minutes after that, nothing's going to happen. Nobody's going to talk. Nobody's going to participate. It's going to be a waste of time. So now I just got angry and nothing's getting going to get done or fixed. Yeah. And ask for forgiveness. Uh, the best leaders are vulnerable. We're, we're, we're humans. We, we do sometimes react, uh, overreact on certain things. Now, if you're, uh, if this is a common habit and you're doing it on a regular basis, then you're not being vulnerable. You're not being open. You're just really not caring. Um, however, if you, if, you know, if, if you're someone who doesn't normally blow up and overreact and then, then you do, um, people say, well, what is going on? I'm worried about that person. Um, uh, so if you do own it up, own up to it and, uh, ask for forgiveness and, uh, and, and, uh, engage others to help you if you're in a very stressful time where you're worried about doing it again. Yeah. And the way we had it written down here was acknowledge what you have done. And I agree with you 100%. If this was a out of sorts type of thing, you have a great opportunity to create a, actually a better, uh, closer communication with somebody. If you go, listen, Greg, I am so sorry. That's not me. I'm sorry for, for yelling and, and just kind of losing it there there's no excuse. I'm sorry. Uh, let's, let's, you know, and you're just legitimate, right? You're just, and it's like, oh, okay. Oh, wow. He must be having a bad day. We all have those. But it's interesting. You talk about if the person has a, a continued behavior like this, where they're always getting angry and, and all that stuff. Well, I can give you two words, resignation and mutiny. That's what happens in those types of situations. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've been in organizations, you know, you know, in the police, I was in professional standards for a way and uh, for a while. And, uh, you know, there's a few times when we had to go in and it was because, you know, there wasn't good leadership and, and people, they weren't happy about it and they acted out and whose fault is that? I don't know, but you know, in all organizations I've been in, you can tell when people aren't happy, when somebody's being angry all the time or being short with them or, or whatever, people do act out. It happens eventually. And so you know, there's a bit of a mutiny or people leave and go somewhere else. You can always tell a really good leader. And I think you and I have talked about this, probably not for weeks and weeks, maybe even months. Really good leaders, when they show up someplace, they bring other people from the past uh, organization they worked with or one before that. Really good leaders, people like really good leaders and they follow them around. And if that leader offers them an opportunity, and even if it's a pay cut, if they're a really good leader, People will come with them. Yeah, I agree hundred percent. I agree hundred percent. It's uh, and I too have had um, re I've had a couple screamers that I work for, uh, um, and you know I didn't work that long and I left. And the impact on the profitability, the customer service, everything was so poor because it was like you're walking on on eggshells. 
you didn't know when something else was going to explode. It was, and therefore people are tentative. It, it is, it's a horrible situation when that occurs. And when you get turnover in staff because they're not happy, that is so impactful on the business or whatever organization that you uh, are in because it costs a lot of time and money and productivity and everything else to hire new people. So you hire somebody and I don't know, you know, what, you know, I do know what kind of organizations you've worked in, Greg, but I worked in a bunch of organizations where it can take six months to three years before somebody is really 100% up connected and, and doing the things that they need to do at the level that we need them to do. And there's lots of organizations like that where there's a steep learning curve. And so if you lose a couple of people, it's like, okay, how many people are we going to have to hire to eventually get those couple, uh, those couple positions filled so that people are doing uh, 100% what they need to do. Yeah, great. And remember, fixing and blaming are two very different things. And I've been in situations where, you know, there's some tension and people aren't happy, but we're talking about fixing the problem. And I've been in other situations where it's all about the blame game. And uh, those are two very different situations when somebody's angry. Yeah, you know, sometimes heat is helpful. So if there's an emergency situation, you got to make a fast call, or if there's something that someone is going to get hurt, boy, heat is important that, that, you know, but again, with the mindset of fixing something, protecting someone, um, um, you know, that's key. But if it's the other way, that's the blaming side that, that just further destroys the trust and everything that we were talking about. And don't lash out on someone, you will regret it. Uh, either you're going to feel bad, you're certainly going to make them feel bad. But if you lash out, especially if other people see this or hear about it, it is not a good situation. Yeah, it's the again, it's that residual effect, right? And, uh, you know, even if you, um, you know, sometimes you have people that you know, you know, I actually I was thinking more couples, but you know, sometimes you have people that you know, that just they, they, they kind of go at it with each other, and then they kind of walk away, they're friends, and let's just go through it and that type of thing. And, and so if you see this happen, you think, oh my goodness, it's, it's like things are blowing up. Um, so even if you have a relationship with someone where it's, let's just go tough talk kind of with each other, um, you never know who's looking and you never know who's experiencing that. And you never know what their interpretation of it is. You gotta be so careful, not that you aren't direct, not that you change your relationships fully, but just be aware of who's around you and and how are they responding to you and what kind of uh, behaviors are you shaping in them based upon what they're seeing you do with someone you know that you might just be having a you know a direct conversation with but just be aware and uh the next phrase we've used in a couple podcasts recently and it's one of my favorite phrases is you just need to work the problem and if people know that that's what you want to do, even though you might not be very happy uh, and they can sense that if they if they also sense that, hey, oh, Alistair is not happy, but he wants to get this fixed. He wants to figure out how we can solve the problem, put the genie back in the bottle, whatever you want to say. If people know that even when you're angry uh, and you might have a good reason to be angry, that you are here to work the problem, you're, you're not you're not worried about the blame game right now. Maybe there needs to be a conversation later on if, if somebody hasn't performed properly or they haven't done what they're supposed to do. But if people know that you like to take care of business and, and fix things and get things done and you're not 
Uh, you're not worried about rolling up your own sleeves and getting involved as well. Uh, people, I think, will appreciate that. Yeah, I agree 100%. It goes back to a little bit an earlier comment you said about, you know, providing the context around it. Context and intention. You know, if you say, listen, listen, folks, you know, I'm, I'm really tense now, right now. There's this situation that's occurring. Here's what's occurring. We've got to fix this. So I may be coming across a little bit intent, uh, intense, but uh, it's because the clients are looking for this quickly. This is a major deal. So I'll provide a little bit of context around it and why you are feeling what you're feeling, that will also help engage others towards it. So uh, then you can work the problem more effectively but versus not knowing and just being hit with the explosion of, of frustration or whatever without the context around it is, this is a, a, big, uh, a big thing that uh, is so important to that context and intention in order to be able to work the problem. But this also is not a license to run over people and, no. and undermine people and all those other things. Uh, this is, okay, you know, let's talk about the problem. What are, what are we going to do? Okay. It is not a license to do whatever the hell you want to do. Yeah, I agree 100%. Um, and follow up. If there's been uh, some kind of situation or incident, then follow up both within the work that was done but also with the people and make sure that, uh, that, you know, there's a nice conversation, a good conversation, a healthy conversation about what happened uh, and, you know, maybe some lessons learned in, in regards to the work and maybe there, you need to acknowledge that somebody said, listen, I'm sorry. I was very, very angry. This is the reason why I'm glad that we could work it out. Let's talk about how we're going to work together moving forward. I think it's so important after this, uh, not a long time afterwards, and certainly not two minutes afterwards, but at, in the appropriate time, have a nice little follow-up conversation about, one, the work, and number two, have a conversation with the people about what happened and and, and how you want to move forward. Yeah, I love that idea of, you know, not right away, uh, give it a little bit of space to cool, but then to come back and don't lose the opportunity to talk about it and say, okay, what happened? Uh what would, what, what would we be able to do differently next time? You know, what worked well, you know, and figuring that out. Cause we, we net often, we never take the time, even when things go awry to actually sit down and say, okay, Hey, let's learn from it. Um, and having that learner's mindset is such an important aspect. And you said a phrase there and I went, I don't know if we've done a podcast on that, but if we haven't, it's going to happen. Lost opportunities. Um, mm. When something happens, and there is an opportunity to have a good, healthy conversation about it. Uh, I don't think you can pass up that opportunity. And I look back at my own work experience, both as an employee and as a, as a manager. Um, you know, there's times where I've missed that opportunity. And I knew it right afterwards. Went, Man, blew the play, blew that so bad. And there's other times when I, I stepped in and took that opportunity. It's such a healthy thing. And you know, maybe you don't feel confident with those in those types of situations, but I tell you, even if you fumble it a little bit, people will appreciate that you've you've come forward and you've taken the opportunity just to have a good conversation. And you know, sometimes we're just not good at this, or we're having a bad day. But even people will see the intent of what we're doing, the character of it, and they will appreciate it. Mm -hmm. I agree. As employees, there are a couple things we can do to assist as well. Um, take a breath. It's not a good situation to be in. I've been in it. 
you really do have to take a breath. Yeah. And, you know, um, I would add, be curious, uh, you know, and it's hard to be curious, but then what opening the lens as to, gee, I wonder what's going on. You know, if your if your boss or your or teammate overreacts in something, um, it, taking that breath and just calming down and 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 being more curious and investigative is a is a is a good uh, one to kind of punch in the situation. Yeah, and there's kind of two ways it plays out for me. I don't know if it's going to be the same for you, Greg, or for some of the other listeners we have here. Is um, don't be defensive. It can be a default response. And don't attack. That could be the other default response when you get into uh, maybe somebody's really angry at you and it's becoming, you know, there's uh, they're you know raising their voice at you. They're drawing attention to you. Those are kind of the two things that I could go to really quickly. And I think it's important to kind of know how you react in one of these situations. I mean, if you've never been in the situation and you're not sure that's good for you, but we should know how we're wired a little bit and that will probably help us navigate this situation. Yeah. What are the three things? Fight, fright, or flight. And flight is the other one. It's like, see you later, man. <laughs> you know? So, and sometimes flight is the good thing to do in the moment. Just say, Hey, listen, I've got to just step away for a bit and that type of thing. So, uh, but uh, you're right. The common ones are being defensive and, uh, and uh, our, our attack, either one. Fight and uh, fright probably are the those two. And from my experience, some of the things that I've been involved in, it comes down to your favorite thing, Greg, ask good questions. And I've had somebody just unload at me. <laughs> and then there's a pause. What would you like done? Mm. Like, oh, because I'm not there to just get hammered. I'm just not. You know, I'm here to, you know, I like to work. I like to solve problems, I like to move on. And so I find in those types of situations is, you know, if somebody's unloaded on me and it's happened a number of times in my career, it's like, what would you like us to do next? Hmm. And throw That's the question and throw the yeah. question back. And hopefully that starts the conversation and lowers the temperature. I like to show that, listen, I understand you're upset. I want to work this problem. I want to understand what you want. And I want to be able to tell you what we can do. And maybe at a certain point, what my thoughts are on this. It's interesting because if you engage in the questions like that, if you engage in helping to find the solution, um, it makes you part of it. And it shifts the energy um, from a, a blame energy to a, a shared solution energy. Because quite frankly, Greg, I'll, I'll say in most of the situations that I'm work that I've worked at, flight wasn't an option. Uh, mm -hmm. Just the type of work that I've done, you just couldn't walk away for three days and not talk to somebody, and then come back when things are calmer. Uh, quite often, things had to be dealt with kind of within that time frame, so we didn't always have the ability to step away and then come back and talk to your boss in a couple of days. Quite often it really did have to be dealt with then or shortly thereafter. So mm -hmm. to me, I love turning the energy around and saying, okay, I understand, Greg, that you're really, really upset and I appreciate that. And I obviously dropped the ball on that one area. How are we going to fix this? What's your thoughts on this? Because I certainly have some thoughts and I think, you know, there's this other person, John, that should come in here. And now that we understand that the problem is probably a little bigger than we thought about at the first time, the first instance, then 
maybe we need to have a bigger discussion about this and just change the trajectory of this conversation because it's going nowhere good. Yeah, and you know what? One of the things I uh, I often say is uh, is learn to sail. Uh, and I may have used this in one of the other uh, other podcasts. I'm not sure, but sail for me is stop and breathe. We already talked about that. Acknowledge uh, what's going on. Boy, Alistair is obviously really angry at something. Investigate what's behind. Asking those questions. Investigate what's happening, going on. What? What? Tell me more. Let me understand. And then let go or learn what you need to do on there. Just a couple of different avenues you can go. But I always, you know, I love analogies or, or that's not, it's not analogies, but uh, uh, keeping in your head, something you can remember uh, to, to flow through in the midst of it. And if you think about sailing, it's okay. Okay, breathe, stop, um, um, uh, acknowledge what's going on uh, both in Alistair and in me. Uh, investigate the situation by asking good questions and then either learning and letting go or, or uh, moving forward. So I like that. I like that. And I find that was probably the reality of a lot of the situations that I was in where somebody was not very happy. And, and Greg, sometimes it wasn't me that they weren't happy about. It, it was the situation. I just happened mm -hmm. to be the picture of the situation at that time. Yeah. Right. And, and that's another thing we have to remember too, that, Sometimes it is not personal, although it feels really personal when you're feeling that heat on you. But sometimes it's just the way things played out, right? I mean, you did what you thought was best. And, and now it's that's not the case. I mean, the situation is different than you thought. But I, I really like the idea that, you you know, turning around that energy. And I, I like that acronym, right? SAIL. I like that. That's cool. Um. And we said this in the first on the other half with the manager, but work the problem. You know, if you can turn this from a, a, an argument or a yelling session into, okay, let's work the problem. Because that's what I'm all about, Greg. You and I, anytime we've had a problem on this podcast or whatever, we just sit down, talk about it, work it, do whatever we have to do. You know, Alistair forgot to turn on his mic, so Alistair has to, you know... Um, re-record his session, whatever it is, you just have to work the problem. And I think when you're working with other people, especially in, in more intimate situations, like the, you, the two of us work together on this podcast, um, you know, I, I've appreciated when you've had to go and do extra things and, and whatever we've had to do. And I know you've appreciated when I've had to do extra things. And when you work together and you work through a bunch of difficult situations and you see that the other person is just a good worker and has the right attitude towards it, it takes a lot of this stuff away. And the, 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 the previous point and this one work really well together because if you ask really good questions, so what's the most important thing we can do to help resolve the situation right now? That's nice and direct. And that's working the problem through crisp, focused questions. And what it does is it kind of takes the energy out of it. It takes the, it takes the anger energy and puts it into energy of resolution and moving forward. So by asking the right questions that moves to action. And then uh, your last point on here is then, then talk about it afterwards, you know, uh, in the moment, just figure it out and get her done. And then if you have something stirring, when things have cooled, go back and talk about it. Um, and that's often a good good place to do it. We've talked about the um, uh, a good way of giving feedback and sharing about the situation, um, behavior, impact, and, uh, and questions. 
SBIQ, and that's a that's a model you can use when you go back afterwards, saying, "Hey, Alistair, I want to talk to you about the conversation we had yesterday." You know, um, when you came out there, here's how I felt. You know, like walk through the tool um, and and give that feedback on how you felt, because sometimes we don't even see what our impact is, especially when we're caught up in all the energy. Yeah, and and when you have when you're working a problem, when you've asked those really good questions and hopefully that's lessened the anger and the frustration and anxiety about what's going on, I think that's a really good thing in terms of the health of your relationship with your boss because if they know you're not going to be a doormat, that you are a participant in this thing and you want to solve the problem and, and maybe you do have to acknowledge some failings, which is you know fine, but I think it's so helpful in developing a healthy relationship with somebody if it's dysfunctional or maybe you just have a new working relationship with them. And that sets up that talk that you're talking about, uh, which is actually our last point, is have the talk afterwards. If you have been respectful and productive and focused and committed to solving whatever the issue is, that really puts you in a much better situation for the talk afterwards. Because if somebody has been just out of control or has not been appropriate there does need to be a conversation at some point and and if the manager was smart they would lead that conversation and say listen i am so sorry for losing my my stuff uh i don't know what happened but it was totally inappropriate let's talk about um i'm sorry if i you know cause you any anxiety or uh, whatever it is that i you know you're feeling right now Let's talk about how we're going to deal with these situations in the future. The, the manager has a great opportunity here to start off the conversation, but we as the employees, we should not lose the opportunity as well to step and say, yeah, listen, it was a little scary. I would definitely like to talk about how we deal with these things in the future. And I think on both sides, it's, it's not letting that opportunity slide away that we discuss what happened and hopefully lay a nice kind of groundwork for how we're going to work together in the in the future. And I, I think by not standing up to them, but, you know, asking those questions and being willing to work the problem, uh, hopefully that, that kind of saves the situation and we can have that really good conversation at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think we, uh, we can write a point about this, but there's sometimes when this situation is unbearable, is totally inappropriate, and there may be a time when, uh, you know, there is no good conversation afterwards that uh, nothing got fixed. It was the blame game. There may be a situation where, you know what, I need to go work for somebody else. And we, I don't think you and I would be responsible unless, you know, we brought that up that there are situations that are not salvageable. There are people that maybe are working through a lot of you know, bad personal circumstances or are in a bad situation at work and it's just too much for you. And I think uh, we have to give ourselves permission to check out to go, you know what, this is not the best place for me right now. I got some of my own stuff going on at home and we all have stuff going on right now because of the COVID situation and a lot of people are having to work remotely. So I think we have to always have the possibility that uh, and the green light to maybe check out if we have to. Yeah, and the other thing that's bubbling up for me is that if I'm the team member and I'm either the receiver of the heat or I'm an observer of the heat, and if it is something that really doesn't occur that often, so something new, 
that uh, you're observing, um, be curious. And again, this afterwards can say, hey, Alistair, just I've noticed that there's been a little bit of stress lately. And uh, you, you've, uh, you, you've seemed tense to me. Uh, you know, as an example, yesterday when you were talking to some, some such and such, you, this conversation happened. And that really isn't what I'm normally seeing for you. Is everything okay? open a space for that leader because again there's lots of stressors that are happening and and be bold and courageous earlier on because you know habits form and uh, if and, and even good people can shift through stressful situations so be uh, observe be courageous and being able to call that out provide support you know again if it's something that someone's doing all the time then that's a habit and, and that may be when you say, listen, and I've actually left organizations because of leaders, you know, they're not open to learning and growing. They're just, they're, they're hot all the time and they're just the blame game going on. And, and I've left organizations in the past because of that. And many people did of that one organization that I'm thinking of. So, so it, it, uh, it does occur, but there are also things that you just, uh, can help support your manager if it's a one-off or, you know, it's out of character. An incident came back to my mind when you're talking. I love that point about you know, reaching out to the manager. I remember it was years and years and years ago and I was in the police and I was on kind of a small management team for a, a, a team. And uh, there'd been a, a kind of a meeting at the beginning of shift and the other uh, manager comes walking by and like gone. I hadn't been in the meeting and went out outside for a smoke. And then the employees didn't come out. Like they're supposed to go on the road. And like, it was like 10 minutes, nobody. And finally one senior person comes down, senior employee comes down and says, yeah, how's so-and-so? I go, not that good. What happened? And the senior person said, uh, we've dealt with it on our end. Uh, and it'll be dealt with on his end as well. And what I liked is the, the employees had had, had a, a, a conversation with the person, the other employee that had caused the problem, and the other employee, that employee was wrong. Uh, and then, so what happened was they had a conversation. Then I went out and had a conversation with this other manager and, and kind of calmed things down. And then the employee went out and they had a conversation and it was fixed. And I, what I really like is that people just didn't sit there as observers to what was happening. They stood up and because they cared about, uh, we had a really good team. It was fantastic. They cared that there, you know, something had gone wrong. One mm -hmm. person was wrong and one person was really angry. And so everybody kind of played a role in bringing harmony back to the group. And uh, I mean, it doesn't go perfect right away, but certainly everybody on that night in question took the steps that they needed to take, that they thought they should take to kind of rectify the situation. And I, I was just amazed by it. It was such a great team, uh, Greg. It was, it was such an, uh, I worked for this team for about a year. And it, it just, just everybody's uh, commitment to this is a good group. Let's keep it that way. And I, I really appreciated the situation. I learned so much in that year working on that team because it was a good team, but they, every once in a while there's a problem. But just the way that people dealt with it, and it was my boss that, really set the tone for that. 
And it's like, no, let's deal with stuff. Let's have this conversation. Sometimes we have to have a, a, a difficult conversation. Sometimes we get to have a great conversation, but you always have to have the conversation. And so when you talked about that, I went, man, that's such a great point. You know, reaching out to the manager or to the other person and just supporting them and, and, and just dealing with the problem and having those conversations and not losing the opportunity. Well, and I'll, I'll end with the, and I've shared this one before, I think with, uh, you know, Rumi's gate, uh, I've used this phrase before the three stages, right? So sometimes heat happens, you know, so heat in itself isn't bad, but it's what comes out, right? So Rumi's gate, if folks remember in an earlier podcast, I described this beautiful uh, uh, flow from Rumi, who is from the 1200s, a poet, uh, a philosopher, and uh, he said, is it true? So whatever the heat is bubbling up to say, is it true? If it's true, you go through that gate. The next gate, is it necessary? Is it necessary to say it? Is it necessary to say it now? If you answer yes to that, then you go to the last one. And the last gate is, is it kind? So you know what? Even when the heat rises, make sure you go through Rumi's three gates. Is it true? Is it necessary? Is it kind? Beautiful filters to allow by the time it comes out, it might still be warm, uh, but it, it won't be hot to the touch. Um, and um, uh, it'll still be direct and yet it will be um, uh, respectful. That's awesome. Yeah, I think that was like 40 episodes ago you talked about that. I love that. I think so. Yeah, yeah that's, that's cool. Um, was that your wrap up or do you want to do a wrap up? I think it was, you know, like uh, I think it's a good descriptor. Heat happens. Um, it's how you express it. And how you support others that are having a heated moment um, is all what's key. And hopefully some of the things we've shared today uh, will help equip you better to uh, calm the heat and express it in a way that is, that is still important and direct um, and also to support others in helping to do that. I like that. I think my uh, kind of final point is around don't lose the opportunity. If this goes bad... And especially if people afterwards acknowledge it, realize that this really wasn't a good situation. There's an opportunity for a conversation for people to come together for to have kind of a reconciliation. Uh, got to do it. You got to step in and have it. And we don't all feel comfortable having those conversations. But, you know, if done at the right time with the right intent, you know, maybe sometimes we fumble through it. It is so important to do it because it just I've worked on some absolutely great teams, Greg. And it's because people talk to each other. And I've worked on horrific teams where people didn't talk to each other very well and where mm -hmm. people did get angry and things like that. And I want to be on a good team. If that means, you know, there's times when I have to have a conversation and sometimes it's awkward, it's worth having it because I know how good it is to be in a really good situation. And it's a wonderful, warm, supportive, it's a great situation. I agree. Uh, ownership and recovery is a powerful thing. And uh, we're, we're human. We're, we, we do make mistakes. And when you do, own up to them, ask for, for forgiveness, and make a commitment to go forward. That's so powerful. I agree 100%. That forgiveness piece, I think it's so underrated. You know, mm -hmm. it's such a good thing. It really does shift the relationship if it's mm -hmm. heartfelt. Yeah, I agree. So folks, we hope uh, some of what we've spoken about you find helpful. We hope that you didn't find anything we spoke of offensive or made you angry. But Greg, your philosophy. 
Yeah, so this is a philosophy that I er learned earlier on from a great coach and try to provide this in any of my coaching sessions in space now. And that is that we hope that uh, folks in these situations and in the coaching sessions leave with a little bit of churn sometimes and a little bit of joy. And the churn comes from recognizing there's things that I'm not quite up to speed on that I that I may be still struggling a bit with but I know and I'm committed to doing sometimes those rough parts are refinement that's needed as you become a greater leader and joy we hope there's some things that we've you've heard of things you're saying hey I'm doing that yeah I am getting better at that um, so a little bit of churn a little bit of joy um, we hope you experience that in the podcast today that's awesome uh I think we gotta have to do a call out. Yeah, sure. Sounds good. So I don't know if this this city is in California. I think there's a version of it in Florida, but I'm just assuming it's California. Hollywood, welcome aboard. Hollywood, wow! This uh, I'm I'm and we're that much step closer to a, a, a the movie version of talking not ranting. <laughs> Uh, I looked it up on my phone. It doesn't quite give me as many details as on my laptop, but uh, I just like the word Hollywood. I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. <laughs> We're going to Hollywood, buddy. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Look out. <laughs> so remember, folks, uh, take the time with the people you work with. They're an important part of your job, your success, or your failure. Talk to you next time. Take care. <laughs>